Hello and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast, supported by BioMeriU. In this episode, we'll be discussing cell and gene therapies and their quality assurance and control with Ray Marley, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Excelix, and Felix Montero-Julian, Healthcare Scientific Director at BioMeriU. My name is Hannah Balfour. I'm the Assistant Editor of European Pharmaceutical Review, and I will be your host today. Cell and gene therapies are exciting advanced therapy medicinal products, ATMPs, emerging in the market. So far, over 100 cell and gene therapies have been approved worldwide. However, many more are currently under development. Though extremely promising, with chimeric antigen receptor CAR T-cell therapies having revolutionized the treatment of hematologic malignancies and gene therapies being a potentially curative one-time treatment option, there are challenges facing cell and gene therapies. In this podcast, Ray and Felix will discuss the difficulties in manufacturing and ensuring the quality of cell and gene therapies, why speed is particularly important in their quality control, and some of the key technologies involved in these quality assessments. Hi, Ray and Felix. Thank you for joining me today. So why don't we start off with what are cell and gene therapies? Who would like to come in and talk to me about that? Sure. Thank you for the invitation. And um, glad to be here for this podcast. So cell and gene therapy is really the promise of a new set of curative treatments, a new era of medicine in reality, with a huge potential to cure cancer patients or to fix genetic disorders. So when we talk about cell and gene therapy, we are talking about three main categories of products or approaches, right? So the first one is what we call the in vivo gene therapy. And in this particular case, we can use some vectors, typically a virus containing or comprising a nuclear acid directly injected into the patients. So these vectors target the specific cells and avoid the immune systems that are precise enough to avoid any deleterious modification of the cells, right? So the second one is really related to the cell therapy itself. So cell therapy utilizes living cells, has a therapeutic agents, and these cells are directly administrated to the patients. One example here is the stem cell transplantation or the expansion of tumor infiltrated lymphocyte. And, and this cell therapy don't rely on genetically modified cells that can be considered as unmodified cell therapy, right? And the third case is in the sweet spot between gene therapy and cell therapy. And in that case, we call this a gene-modified cell therapy. And the most representative case here is the CAR T cells. So in which these gene-modified cell therapies use cells that has been modified outside of the body. And then after the modification, after the engineering of these cells, they are administrated to the patients. So we, it's very important to understand these differences between the gene therapy, because we tend to say cell and gene therapy, but in reality is three main fields inside of this definition. Absolutely. And it's great to have that distinction because it really helps people understand what technologies we're talking about. So could you tell me a little bit more about why they're so popular in terms of research and development? Why are companies focusing on cell and gene therapies? 
So if you look at cancer as uh, it's actually there, there are many different types of cancer. It's, it's one category of many different diseases within its own. The traditional way of treatment of how patients have been treated for the past 30, 40 years has been narrowed down to nonspecific treatments such as chemotherapy, such as radiation or surgery if there's a tumor involved. These are nonspecific treatments that actually harm the patient along the way and don't offer a personalized solution. So by leveraging immunotherapy, by leveraging biologics, we're actually able to tailor the treatment to the patient, right? So if it's autologous, we're basically taking the patient's own sample and doing modifications. And if it's allogeneic, we're actually looking at something that, that can be treated multiple patients at a time. So the biggest benefit is really providing a, a personal treatment that is tailored to the patient and it's targeted towards the disease or the ailment. Yes. I would like to add to that why it's so popular in terms of R&D is also because the pipeline of potential target is incredibly large. So even though the success of obtaining B-cell leukemias and lymphomas is amazing, there is still a lot of questions that needs to be resolved. So why some patients relapse? What is the best controls? What is the best manufacturing process? How to manufacture these cells in a more cost-effective way? So is allogenic versus autologous? So different kind of cells. Can we use inducer polyprotein stem cells? Can we use NKI cells, myeloid cells? So it's a huge amount of work from the scientific standpoint and development that this needs to be covered. So why it's so popular is because that is because it's a world of discoveries that still needs to happen in the future. It's so exciting that there's so many different possibilities and its translation across the industries is sort of Absolutely. expansive and almost limitless. So you already started to touch on them, but could you tell me about what are some of the challenges and special needs for the production of cell and gene therapies? What challenges are there? There are many. <laughs> there are many, I would say, internally of finding the right target, of making sure, you know, even if you look throughout a clinical trial from, for a company to develop a cell therapy, there are so many challenges, right? They want to find the target that's actually relevant to the disease, right? That can target the disease. The second thing is to make sure that once they develop it, you know, throughout the clinical trials, the first thing you check is toxicity and safety. So is the treatment going to do more good than harm? It's basic. And then it's also recruiting patients. That's also something that's very challenging for a company to do internally. Now, we are developing a biological therapy. So that in its own has multiple challenges, right? You're actually using tools like gene editing that, you know, 15 years ago was thought of science fiction. Today, we're actually using it to transform, change cells in order for them to be able to target the certain ailment that they're targeting. And then you look at the chain of command. You're actually looking at the manufacturing of these cells. Through every single time point of the manufacturing, and it's an average of anywhere between 18 and 24 days, depending on the therapy, depending on the company protocol, they have to have multiple quality control checkpoints. Now, this comes across many different formats, right? They want to check different things like sterility, any type of environmental monitoring that they need, such as mycoplasma, endotoxins. And then you have cellular attribute testing. So what is the viability? How many cells are alive? What, you know, do you have the right cells? How pure are they, right? Because you're targeting a certain population of cells within the entire population of blood. So do you have the right cells? 
There's so many different checkpoints that need to happen in order for you to feel confident to put back the therapy into the patient. So the complexity in taking blood from a patient, you know, finding that certain uh, cell type that is actually targeted, changing that cell, and then growing it in order for it to be enough to treat the patient sounds, you know, again, this is 15 years ago, science fiction today is realistic. But being able to offer that to all of the patients that are actually suffering from that ailment is very challenging because the process is lengthy, there are multiple checkpoints, and it's very, very expensive. And what about production volumes? Because obviously with a personalized therapy, the amount you're actually producing is a lot smaller. Does that add any challenges into the manufacturing of these products? Yes, absolutely. And this is one of the main points here. So as you mentioned, the production volumes are lower, meaning that we need to minimize the volume that is taken to do all this QC testing, right? Because we want to keep all the materials available to treat the patients. It's important to remember also that most of the patients treated with cell and gene therapy products are patients as are in bad condition, right, is the last line of treatment here. So the maximum of volume we can provide to them for to be treated is best. So meaning that we need to handle very low volumes for testing, so to do all this testing, and being able to provide these products in time. So in a time to results, in the case of the analytical technologies are used, is critical. And also, the hands-on time to manipulate the sample is very important. We need to minimize the manipulation of the sample in order to have a clear picture of where we are in terms of quality of these products. Additionally, when we are talking about cell therapy, in function of the manufacturing process could be closed systems or open systems. These bring additional challenge in terms of maintaining the asepsy, not introducing by mistake some microorganisms in the products, right? So we need to be sure about the quality of the products, the cleanness of the products, and at the end, be able to provide a safe and effective products to the patients. Fabulous. Thank you, Felix. And you already started to mention some of them, but what are the critical quality attributes of cell and gene therapies that we're actually assessing in QC testing? So we have two main quality parameters. The first one is what we call the safety testing or the safety quality parameters. And in this case, there is three main criteria that needs to be assessed. The first one is the presence of mycoplasma. The second one is the what we call the sterility, but it's really more the microbial content because these products cannot be sterilized itself, you know, we are talking about live cells, so we cannot sterilize it. And the last one is the detection of endotoxins. And the second part of the quality attributes is what we call the cellular quality attributes. And Ray can explain that better than me. Yeah, so typically with cellular attribute testing, and this is done throughout the QC manufacturing continuum, at multiple time points, right? This Any given therapy can be tested anywhere between five to, to, to eight times throughout the manufacturing process. And typically they look at viability. So when I take a, a blood sample out of the patient, 
how many live cells do I have? How many dead cells do I have? That's important to know what you're starting off with. You also want to do what's called phenotyping to know what type of cells you have in the mix, right? As Felix mentioned, cell therapy or immunotherapy is often the third or fifth line of treatment and often the last resort of the patient. They have gone through many different treatments before that, such as chemotherapy. Those type of treatments, they compromise the amount of white blood cells or specifically, you know, T cells that they have, and that may be the target for immunotherapy. So you also want to assess what, what your starting material is. How many cells do you have to um, modify. You also want to take a look at the purity of the sample. So when you're going through the cell therapy manufacturing continuum, you want to focus on one specific cell type. And you want to make sure that no other cell types are in that mix because you're doing modifications to that cell. So purity is the last factor that we look at. And would you say quality control is different for cell and gene therapies compared to, say, other biological therapies or even small molecule drugs? It's different because we are talking here about living cells, right? Cells are alive. So it's totally different compared to therapeutic monoclonal antibody or small molecule in which you can use many different kinds of technologies to look at the purity, the potency, and so on. Here we are talking about living cells. So by definition, every cell from one patient to another could be different. So and this is what is challenging, to try to have more standardized protocols, to try to have a more consistent way to measure all these in order to anticipate any uh, trouble during the manufacturing or any problem during the quality control and so on. So it's really, we are really discovering how to control these products. What are the best analytical technologies to use it? What are the most relevant data we can get from all these quality controls? How to use all these data to teach also processes to tell us here we need to change, here we need to improve, here we need to stop. Etc. Etc. So it's totally different. It's really a continuous process in which we need to learn more how to control how the cells behaves and what are the best time points in which the cells are the most efficient, the most efficacious to treat the patients. And I've also read that speed is a really important factor in the quality control of cell and gene therapies. Can you tell me why? So if you think about it, the minute that you take blood from a patient the clock starts ticking. You're taking live cells. These cells have a shelf life, right? They're eventually going to die. And you have to, first of all, treat them with care, but also do every single step along the way very, very carefully to ensure that the patient is getting the right type of cell, the right modification, the most amount of viable or live cells, and as soon as possible. So not only are the cells that are taken from the patient on a clock, but the patient is also on a clock. There, there is a person waiting on the other side of the road or the manufacturing process to get that treatment. They are usually in a dire state, right? This is a third or fifth line of defense. We want to get that therapy to them as soon as possible. But there's another thing to consider, right? Not only do we take live cells from the patient and we try to funnel them along as quickly as possible, the time to QC is also critical, Right. We are checking that at certain time points, the cell therapy is doing what it needs to do or looks the way it needs to look or has the most amount of live cells that we can get because we want to also be able to do early intervention if needed, right? 
if the batch does not look good at whatever day uh, during the manufacturing process, we want to be able to intervene. Currently, the methods that are available, other than the products that we will talk to in a bit, take a lot of time and add a lot of variability in the process. So if you think about it, you have five to eight different QC checkpoints. If each one of those checkpoints takes anywhere between four to six hours just to get a QC result, that's time that is taken away from treatment of the patient. So not only are we, do we want to shorten the manufacturing cycle, but we also want to get quality control results as quickly as possible so we can move to the next checkpoint and treat the patient faster and better. So only to complete what Ray said, this time to resolve so timing that is important in the cell engine therapy because patients are behind the process. So regulators are also embracing this particular points, you know, because when you look at how, for example, the sterility testing is recommended to be performed at the pharmacopoeia chapters, so normally this should take 14 days. 14 days when a, a regular manufacturing process took between one week to two weeks is double the time, right? So we cannot allow to wait for that so long time to provide these products to patients that are really waiting for it, you know? So the introduction of new technologies here to reduce the time to resolve of all these QC tests is, is critical and is a major development in which companies are working on. So why don't we move on and explore what kinds of rapid QC methods are currently applied for cell and gene therapies? You'd like to tell us about some of those. So let me talk about the safety part. So uh, for the safety part, Today, in regards of the sterility testing, so the pharmacopoeias recommend 14 days, right, in culture media, and this is not possible. So there is some new technology that has been introduced to control the sterility of these products based on the monitoring of the bacteria growth in culture media automatically. So this is what we call automated growth-based methods, in which we can reduce by half or even less, the time to detection of the microbes present in the samples. The second technology uh, that is commonly used for mycoplasma detection is nucleate-based technologies, so PCR, you know. And uh, we have now also uh, new technologies like a labbing pouch. So everything is needed to perform a molecular biology test is containing one single pouch. So we can reduce also the mycoplasma detection from 28 days that is recommended by the pharmacopoeia to few hours, one hour or two hours. And then we have the third test that is the endotoxin detection. So we use now new recombinant molecules that are very similar to the current protocols in place using natural products. So it's a recombinant factor C that allows to also to detect efficiently the endotoxin uh, presence in, in the samples. And for the cellular quality attributes, definitively, there is also the technologies that Axelix platform are bringing that Ray can explain better than me here, but that brings a huge value in terms of uh, easy of use, time to resolve, et cetera. But Ray can, can mention that. Thank you, Felix. So currently, again, but before Excelix was introduced into the quality control of cell therapies, 
basically the golden standard for measuring cellular attributes is flow cytometry. Flow cytometry today is thought of as a long, tedious process. The current workflow in an R&D environment is about two hours. If you take that into a GMP setting, it takes anywhere between four to six hours based on multiple factors. It's in a clean room and, and there's multiple steps involved. And uh, the lack of reproducibility is probably one of the major issues, right? The accepted variance is about 20%. If you put on that viability, that's another 5%. I don't know any other chemical drug that has about 20 to 25% variability between, you know, uh, samples. And that could be an entire dose to a patient. So you could go from being ineffective to dosing them too much. What we bring is basically a cartridge-based benchtop flow cytometry platform that allows us to provide reproducibility of over 80% improvement. And that's the true value, right? Not only are we simplifying the workflow by limiting the manual steps and taking out you know, human error-prone procedures, but we are also providing speed. So the two hours in an R&D environment, four to six hours in a GMP environment, the platform can be placed directly into the GMP manufacturing suite, one of the most sensitive areas that it takes four to six hours to get a result back from QC or flow cytometry. We shrink that down to just 30 minutes. So not only are we providing speed, time to results, but we're also providing it a more reproducible manner. And that's one of the biggest value adds. It also reduces the cost because you're reducing the time, the labor, the need to reproduce the assay. And all of that makes a big difference in how you release the product and time to release the product. So as you can see, the combination of products, right? So all that we bring between Axelix and Biomarie is complementary to what is really need for the quality control of Senachin therapy products here. And just to add to that, you know, what Excelix brings, and this is a brand new technology, we've been playing in this field for about four years, and that's still pretty new. We're currently, you know, in large global pharma, we're in small cell therapy biotech companies, but we really bring an innovative way in order for you to do QC that's very simple. You can minimize the amount of uh, need to upkeep the platform, the instruments. It's manufacturing suite compatible, and it's available 24-7 because the simplicity of the workflow is there. You don't need highly trained technicians to be able to operate this. And the setup is literally, you can set up the entire platform anywhere in the world within an hour. And could you explain to me how your technologies work and why they're beneficial to cell and gene therapy manufacturers? So our technologies works in the way we try to minimize the hands-on time, right? So less operator intervention, quick time to results, and easy to use samples. So it can be used by anyone at any place, anywhere. And I think that this is extremely important to gain uh, operational effectiveness in the manufacturing process and reducing costs of these cell engine therapy products. Absolutely. So with Excelix, we basically, we are a benchtop cartridge-based flow cytometry platform. What does that mean? Today, when you look at flow cytometry, what often being used in the industry, sample preparation is very manual. That adds a lot of variability into the process, right? This is used for QC. So if you're preparing the sample and you're, you have multiple interventions by humans, that introduces errors and also adds time and variability to the process. 
We've automated sample preparation by creating a cartridge-based assay. And this is a microfluidic disposable cartridge that pretty much automates the sample preparation and prepares the sample for analysis. The second portion is the actual flow cytometry platform. So we have shrunk down the footprint. We have simplified it in order for anyone within an hour of training to use. And one of the most important features is that it can be put directly into the manufacturing suite. The instrument is small enough, it's fanless, and it's so easy to use that it can be put directly into the manufacturing suite. And the cartridge-based assay is so simple that anyone, again, can use it within an hour of training. Now, the last portion of the platform is the software. So oftentimes analysis is cumbersome. It takes highly trained technicians. And that also adds the variability of the QC assay because you're human dependent. Again, you're dependent how that person woke up, what hour of the day they're actually doing the analysis, how many samples they analyzed within that given hour or an eight hour shift. Here we have used, we've introduced basically algorithms in order to do the analysis for the results. So we've automated basically the two fundamentally variable areas of the flow cytometry platform. That is quite amazing. So moving on from that, what do you believe QC of cell and gene therapies could actually look like in the future? I think there's going to be a lot more automation. So, you know, right now it's very labor intensive. It's very expensive. The average dose of a cell therapy to a patient can cost anywhere between half a million to $750,000 to the patient, right? And that's for a dose. The need right now is to automate and simplify and reduce costs to the manufacturing of these cell therapies in order for that to be rolled over to the patient. So automation is key. Simplicity is key. Reproducibility is key. Speed and time to results is key. That is where the future of QC of cell cell and gene therapies is going. And also the manufacturing part is also evolving. So there is a trend to indicate that the manufacturing of cell and gene therapy needs for more closed systems rather than to open systems. So meaning that these uh, closed systems will allow us to also advance in the way we develop these products, going from autologous to allogenic approaches, meaning that probably the QC will be pretty much the same for both approaches, but the availability and the cost implies with these different approaches will be different. With the allogenic approach, we are expecting that manufacturers will make more democratized, let's say, these therapies, making them available to the most number of patients. If you think about it, the collaboration between Biomario and Excelix is critical here. We have complementary products that offer this, you know, simplistic automated solution, both on the safety testing and cellular attribute testing. And that's why we've teamed up, we've paired up, and we offer this as a more complete offering for, for QC of any cell therapy company out there. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time to discuss today. Thank you, Ray and Felix, for joining us and for your wonderful insights into the manufacturing and quality control of cell and gene therapies. I particularly enjoyed your explanation of why rapidity is so essential to these QC processes. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review, Biomariu, Ray Marley and Felix Montero-Julian. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode. 
Thanks so much. Thank you so much.